Well, hello again, everyone. I'm back with um, another question. Uh, this time with a friend of mine, uh, Joe, and and we've been friends now for probably I'd say forty years, maybe. Uh, we we've been working together at the same ministry. Welcome, Joe, to my podcast. Thank you, Louie. It's an honor to be here. It's so fun because I I think it's going to be uh, a lively maybe heated, maybe opinionatal <laughs> kind of discussion we're going to have. Joe, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I um, am married and have three children that like to keep me busy all the time, um, full of energy, and they are five, four, and two, and so they are just a bundle of energy and learning and asking lots of questions, lots of hard questions, lots of very good deep questions. So I love this this idea of this podcast because it seems to be my my stage of life right now anyways. Yeah. Um, and my wife and I live in uh, Puyallup, Washington, um, in the northwest corner of the United States. So, um, and we we serve at our church um i'm an elder at our church as well as we have been commissioned and sent out as missionaries from our church with youth missions international the ministry that you, that we serve together at so been there for 10 years and um really are enjoy working with you and um enjoy working with local churches and the, the church is my passion, Christian living and theology is my um, passion as well. And kind of uh, I get teased by my wife about being a nerd all the time about it. So I, I appreciate being part of this discussion. Yeah. And well, one of the reasons why I asked Joe in onto this one is because I was really interested because it's a question um, that I have. I've had for a long time. I know what I believe. But I don't know why I believe it. And and the, I, I'm going to sort of introduce the question and then I want to hear hear from Joe about um, his findings or, or, or his response even to the question. And, and put simply, the question is, if as believers we are a new creation, how can the old creation be a part of us and what I mean I'm, I'm taking that from two different passages one is 2 Corinthians 5 17 says therefore if anyone is in Christ the new creation has come the old has gone the new is here and then in Romans 6 Paul is talking about being dead to sin alive in Christ how how we're no longer slaves to sin but now are slaves to righteousness how um, sin was crucified death was crucified to the cross and if that is true um, then we are raised to new life again just as Jesus was raised to new life again so my, my question is how can what it seems like opposites be true at the same time there was an old creation that was crucified there is a yeah. new creation, and we are that. Yet, I have sin. I, I, mm. I say that I'm a slave to righteousness, 
but I sin. Is there something? Is there something wrong? Is Scripture contradicting itself? Um, and do I have the wrong perspective or context? Or so? So for Joe, the question is: How can I be a new creation, but still be part of the old creation? Yeah, I, I really appreciate this. Um, this idea and this um, question and and I'll start by saying I'm really again honored that you would ask and totally unqualified to answer this (laughs) Uh, so um, (laughs) so I'll start by saying that I think the whole idea of new in the New Testament is completely misunderstood and undertaught in most evangelical churches today and and i and i'll just stop at the word new um excuse me there's actually two main words um that are used throughout the the new testament when um new and i'll give you an example so you know romans 12 1 where it says um you, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercy of God, to present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. And do not be conformed to this world, in verse 2, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Okay, so you have one word there. It's uh, renewal or new, the part of new there. It's uh, kainos is the word. Um, Greek word uh, meaning to to refresh renew um and then you have um another word that's that's used throughout um used throughout the scripture or the new testament um that is, and and by the way kainos is the same word that's used in um in second corinthians five seventeen. he's a new creation Mm-hmm. Um, so then, so then there's another word that's used, um, that means that has slightly different connotations. And I am trying to recall that you think I'd be prepared for it off the top of my head. <laughs> um, um, but basically, um, it, it has a, a different meaning and it means to, to improve, basically. Um, whereas this word for new kind of means something that's brand new, never before seen. It's not an upgrade. So you're not, once you become a Christian, you're not Louis Schmidt 2.0. You're brand new. You've never before seen, been seen. Um, and the reason I think that's really, really, really important um, is it's the idea of making new. Um, and so when, when, when Paul says that we are a new creation, we're not, we're not the same that we were before. Um, we're not, we're not the same person. We're not the same, 
we're not just an upgraded self. It's not like we it's not like we have a dented can from the store and we went back to the store and asked to replace it or, or to get a better one because it was dented. Mm-hmm. We're a brand new thing. We're we're we've never before been experienced. Um, so you see this idea with like new covenant, the new covenant, the new creation, um, the, um, the, the new Testament. It's not just an upgrade of the old Testament. It's a never before seen aspect of God's plan. Um, the new covenant is not just the mosaic covenant restated and better and improved because there were mistakes. It's a new covenant. It's never before seen between God and his people. And, and so this aspect of new is just not talked about. We kind of glance over and part of it's our language mm-hmm. uh, because new is new. Uh, you yeah. know? Um, but it, it's not it's not. Um, it's really, really, really important that when we see that, we stop. And what what's unique about this? Um, a new song, a new earth, a new heaven, and a new earth, and a new Jerusalem. Um, all these things. We're given a new name in Revelation three twelve. Um, you know, John talks about a new commandment. Have I given to you? And and, and so this word new. <coughs> excuse me. Um, the is just um, it's it's a uh, it's never before seen. It, it's brand new, and it's really important that we that we understand that as our um um that we understand that as we're going through this whole concept of being a new self that we're it's not a it's not an improvement it's not a new and improvement but it's um it's just a it's it's a brand new creation that god has created we are redeemed and he's formed us into his vessel for good use and as paul says a slave to righteousness it's not just a slave set free but we are we are now completely something different we're a slave to righteousness um which is awesome so i think when 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 i hear that phrase new creation mm-hmm. what i think of is if i were making a new if, if i were making a product yeah. And, and I'm to come to you and to say, do you want to check out this new product that I made? Uh-huh. You, you would have no idea what the new product is because mm-hmm. I said that word new. Correct. Uh, it's a yeah. completely different thing. You have no uh, preconceptions about what I'm making because it's new. You've never seen it before. Mm-hmm. So... So when we we are a new creation because we're in Christ, new creation. Now what catches me though is the part the old has gone. Yeah. The new is here. How can I have how can I be a new creation with that <laughs> still having um, the ability, capacity and sometimes want to sin? when scripture is telling me that that's gone 
Yeah, no, that's a great. That is a really great question. Um, by the way, it's it's nuos is the other Greek word. Okay, <laughs> just came <laughs> back. It. You know, it's like it's like new and nuos. Anyways, um, so, but the so to your question. I think that I think Romans is a great book to deal with this idea because Romans is all about the gospel and being made new as a new creation is the transformative work that happens and surrounds the gospel and how we are redeemed and and regenerated um, or renewed as Paul used over and over. Um, and so we and so I think Romans is a great book because Paul it's really kind of a progressive thought of how the gospel intersects and changes us as a person and so in Romans 6 you have him saying that um it says it starts off by talking about how we're united with him in death and talking about um about baptism about baptism it says so that we know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we may no longer be enslaved to sin Mm -hmm. for one has died it's been set free from sin now if we have died with christ and believe that we also live with him we know that christ being raised from the dead will never die again death no longer has dominion over him for the death he died to sin once and for all But the life he lives, he lives to God. So consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal bodies that you obey its passions. Um, And verse 14, for sin will no longer have dominion over you since you are not under law but under grace. And so he goes, he goes on, you know, what then shall we are we to sin because we're not under law but under grace? By no means. Strongest way to say, like, mm-hmm. no way, Jose. Like, mm-hmm. you know, do you know what it means to present yourself as obedient slaves? You're a slave of the one you obey, either sin, which leads to death, or righteousness. But thanks be to God, you who were once slaves have become obedient to heart. Um, and having been set free are no longer slaves of sin, but slaves of righteousness. What you're teaching there. So you see this thought progressing where Paul's like, hey, this is you. Get out of your old mindset. You are this now. But so this is all this is all the theology, the theory of like and the, the truth of you are no longer enslaved to sin, which tells us one of two things. First. Before we were in Christ, we had no choice but to sin. Mm -hmm. We were slaves. A slave has no rights. A slave is someone that that um, if they don't obey, they are punished. They had no rights, and and so we, as slaves to sin, we had to obey sin. Mm -hmm. Now, as a slave to righteousness, we 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 are have no rights but to do God's god's righteous work but god being a gracious god treats us not as a slave but as a son paul talks about in galatians and so we have the ability to disobey and i think that's where romans 7 comes in and this is why i said Mm. romans great book because you have to see the progression of it yeah where romans 7 paul says hey i i do what i don't want to do I have this sin raging within me and the things I don't want to do, 
those are the very things that I do. Um, you know what? Um, down here at verse, looking at this, um, verse 16. Now, if I do what I do not want, I agree that the law with the law that is good. And there is no longer I who do it, but the sin that dwells in me. For I know nothing good dwells in me, that is, in my flesh or his old self. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry out. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep doing. Now, if I do not do what I want, it's no longer I do it, but the sin that dwells in me. So I find it to be the law. I find it to be a law that I do want to do right. Evil lies close to hand for I delight in the law of God in my inner being, but I see my members raging war against the law of my mind, making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Wretched man that, who, that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord that I serve the law of my God with my mind, but with my flesh I serve the law of sin. Therefore, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And what, what I see here is the the summation of this theology of me. We've been a, we've been made a new creation. We're brand new. Our spirits are never before seen. We're new. But the reality is that we weren't removed from the curse of sin. So we still have the curse of sin that torments our bodies. And so they're raging war against this new spirit that God has made, this new heart, this new mind that he's made new. And and so we 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 give in to sin because we can't fight it um, on our own. And there's some people that take Romans 7 as a passage of Paul before conversion. And, and I, I totally reject that. It doesn't work hermeneutically in Romans. It doesn't work theologically if you follow Paul's train of thought with this idea of new creation and, and being made new. And, and it doesn't it doesn't. Um, it, it only works when you try to fit it into your comprehension of, um, of how the old flesh and the new flesh work if you don't follow Paul's train of thought. And I think the key is this. The key to all of this, I would say, is this statement, is that we've been made new, but we still have to contend with the curse of sin because God did not remove us from the curse of sin. And therefore, we we choose to sin still. And this is where the that the important aspect is: we have to depend on the Holy Spirit in the, our battle against sin. There's a a theology in in popular Methodist circles um, about being obtained perfection. Um, I forget the exact... Is it entire sanctification? That's exact, right? right. Entire Mm -hmm. sanctification. And I would say that there's an aspect of that theology that's right. Um, That in that we no longer have to sin. We don't. Because we've been made new. We see the power of new is that we've been given power over sin. We're no longer slaves to sin. We don't have to do its bidding. We have the ability to say no to sin. But then Romans 7 kicks in where, but we're weak. And that's why every, this is where I think it's really important is 
in our daily battle against sin. Recognizing that we do not have to sin. We don't have to live in a defeated mentality. And we do all the time in our churches. Because you hear things like, well, that's just who I am. That's just that's just my cross to bear. Mm-hmm. That's just one day I'll be rid of this in heaven. Those are all defeated mentalities. I'm just never going to change. It, it's a it's a underlying belief that it's impossible for me to change. But when we understand that we're a new creation, we understand that every temptation that we face is an opportunity to glorify God and say no to sin. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean that we do. But it means we have the chance for victory in Christ. And and that's where Paul in Romans 7, man, I'm fighting this. Who's going to fight? Praise God that he fights for me. And I'm not condemned for my weakness. I'm not condemned for my, for my sin because I've been saved. But then Romans 8 leads into the power of the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit intercedes for us with groanings too deep for word. And that's not coincidence that Romans 7 leads into Romans 8 and that Romans 6 leads into Romans 7. It's it's, Paul is progressing his thought here to say, hey, you're new. You no longer have to sin. But guess what? We both sin. We still sin. But that's why God gave us the Holy Spirit because he helps us in our weaknesses man and it's so painful you can't the groaning's too deep for words Mm -hmm. so in our christian life as we battle against sin we need to take a total dependent posture asking the spirit of god to intercede in our weaknesses um because that's how we have victory and we can have victory every single time not that we will but we need to have that attitude of we can. It's it's kind of like the little boy that goes up to bat in Little League knowing he's going to hit a home run every single time. <laughs> that's our attitude with, that's what we need to have is our attitude in um, in fighting sin. I'm going, I'm going to beat it this time. I, through your power, Lord, through your spirit, I will not give him this time. Mm-hmm. So, I, I, I have this podcast to maybe validate my own concerns and questions about theology and my Christian walk, but also to give people permission to ask hard questions. Yeah. And, and the hard question that comes to my mind after talking about this is, and this seems really bad, is scripture incomplete? when in when we're told that we are a new creation uh-huh. is it is it by how we're discussing it it doesn't seem like it's a present reality but rather a future look to look forward to mm-hmm. you know um, mm-hmm. that we uh, 2 Corinthians 5 17 saying that if anyone is in Christ he has become a new creation is it speaking in the future tense because it just like we said if we're something completely new then we can't have anything old representative in us um if something is completely new then it can't be old yeah so it is it scripture that's incomplete is it um maybe the tense 
that we're reading it in is not the tense that it was supposed to be communicated in. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, I, I can, by reading these uh, verses, I can totally, I could totally see how entire sanctification would be a thing um, of, totally. okay, so sin was crucified, death mm-hmm. was crucified, Jesus mm-hmm. was raised to life. And now, and in, in even moving forward, in Roman, Romans 8, 11, talking about how the same spirit who raised Jesus from the dead mm-hmm. lives in me. Mm-hmm. So it, I, I feel like there's, like it's this big algebraic equation. If this, then this, then this, then this, you yeah. know, you know, if the spirit of God is in me, which is also the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, then, then I should be a new creation. Yeah. So I think there, there's a lot of, there are a lot of believers that, that right, you that defeated mentality, defeated mm-hmm. before you even tried. Um, you know that that's just a, a future thing. Then there's the other side of the coin where it's the the entire sanctification thing where I do not have the ability to sin because I'm a slave to righteousness. And then there's some people in the, in the middle. I don't know where I am currently. Um, my uh, theology on this, because I'm confused. I know that I have, that I am in the flesh, which is under the curse. But if that's the case, how can I be new? Yeah. Um, but, what's, think... but what's fun to know is that I've already, if I do have the Spirit, the Holy Spirit living in me, I'm looking forward to and and knowing that I've already won. Mm -hmm. The current struggles I have right now of sin or doubt or, or, or whatever they may be, I know that they're not permanent, they're not eternal, but what is eternal is the Spirit of God living in me and allowing me, giving me the power, the ability to be able to live out what he's putting in. Yeah. Um, so what what would be, in closing, Joe, for someone who's maybe me, I'm asking for me, <laughs> um, what would be just, just a, a nutshell, um, an end cap to, if I'm saved um, from sin, if I'm a new creation, then why, why do I sin? I think that's a really vital question. And um, I would say um, that it's really, really important to finish off that passage mm-hmm. um, in 2 Corinthians 5.17. Mm-hmm. Where it says, he is a new creation. Um, behold, the old has passed away and the new has come. Um, then it's a, then the, it, you keep going to the end of that passage. And it says that, um, that, um, that, um, ch- ch- 21 for our sake he or therefore we're ambassadors for christ verse 20 and be reconciled to god for our sake he made him um to be sin who knew no sin that we might become the righteousness of god 
and, and I think that's where the the idea of um, progressive sanctification is really really important. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not it's not to um, um, it's not it's not that it's that we are be- we're in a process. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the systematic theology of that, but that we are a process, and so we have we've been made new in in our in our standing before Christ. And you see that in Romans eight one that we are we're not condemned. Mm-hmm. But I'm, but in the same vein, if God wanted to remove us completely from <laughs> sin, He would take us out of the world right away. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't that doesn't fulfill his ultimate purpose, which is to reveal his full extent of his character and his power in us, which means that the, the spirit helping us, being our helper, our comforter in the midst of those trials, in the midst of the suffering that we experience, you know, those are part of who God is. And he, he has to put it, we have to experience those things to fully understand and for God to show us himself in those things. Um, and so why do we sin? Because God didn't remove us from the world and he's helping us every day to become more like Christ and learn what it means to live in that new creation. Um, Paul talks about it this way in Ephesians five, put off the old self and put on the new. And so we have, we choose to put on that old self. It's like you having two pairs of clothes, Louie, and, and you choose to put on the old smelly ones that you haven't washed since, you know, college because of your superstitious nature to make sure that your sports team wins. That's right. You know, uh, and so you, you choose to wear that instead of the nice pristine jersey that your wife got you for Christmas. Amen. Uh, <laughs> that's right. And, and I think that that's, that's what it's like when we, we live in the old flesh mm-hmm. is that we, we're become, we wear that clean Jersey more often, mm-hmm. hopefully like that's part of our testimony. I was this, but I'm becoming more like Christ. Mm-hmm. But what I think the key is, this is not that we will obtain sinless perfection mm-hmm. because we're still under the curse of sin. And, and Paul talks about in Romans how all of creation groans while mm-hmm. sin is here. And one day he will do away with it. But I think that the important thing is to recognize that we don't have to sin. And it's not that we were instantly perfect, but it's, it's that hope that we have every single time I can change God can change me God can change my my family God can change my co-worker God can change my spouse God can change me God's in the process of changing and making us more like him when we lose that that's when we give in to despair and, and that's when it doesn't matter and that's when we when we live in habitual sin because we just don't care it just doesn't matter it's just who I am well it doesn't have to be and so how as we wrestle with that mentality I I don't know that we have to fully be able to comprehend it um, but I think that's probably the most important piece of this idea of new creation to hold on to is I don't have to 
And that's very practical every single day of our life. I don't have to yell at my kids. I don't have to, um, you know, cuss out in my head my coworker. I don't have to, not that I do that to you, but, (laughs) you know, I don't have to um, be enslaved at what I look at. I don't have to be, and each time is a chance to, to have that victory because he has made us new. He has set us free and he gives us the spirit to help us. And so we may not fully understand why, but we are grateful that we're no longer what we were. And yeah. that we that there is a change, and that we are different. Um, you know, it, it, it's in our Western mindset, we like everything linear. We like everything modernistic, and it has facts and makes sense, and all the puzzle pieces fit. They're not Dollar Tree puzzles that are missing two pieces. <laughs> um, everything, the picture is complete, but. In our finite mind, I'm not sure we can always comprehend all the mysteries of how God makes things work. Mm -hmm. So when he says we are a new creation, but I'm going to leave you under the curse of sin and you're going to fight it. So keep the old off, but continually put the new on. Um, It's this idea that, man, have victory. And we may not be like, well, if he's made us new, why do I go back to that? Because, because we're weak people and we need Christ. We need him in our life. And that, that aspect, that's why I said fighting sin is a posture of dependence. We cannot trust ourselves. And, that, and I find that that oftentimes is the biggest problem is that we trust ourselves too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I, I got this. Yeah. No, no, we don't. We need Christ. We need each other. And that we're a new creation, but man, we choose that old one, man. We love that superstitious Jersey that we like to put on for whatever reason. Yeah. Well, what, what I want to close with is, um, Romans eight, 10. Mm. It says, but if, but if Christ is in you, mm-hmm. then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, Mm-hmm. The spirit gives life because of righteousness. Mm-hmm. So my my thinking of, yes, I am a new creation, but also understanding that because uh, my body is subject to death because of sin, the curse, the spirit gives me life because of righteousness. I have that ability to choose between those two outfits, the one that brought death and the one that brings life. Um, mm-hmm. And and even uh, as I'm saying that, uh, I'm <laughs> thinking of the even that conjugation that I just used. The one that brought death, past tense, has already done that. Mm-hmm. And then the one that brings life. He consistently, mm-hmm. it's so cool that that the Holy Spirit living in us gives us life and brings life. Um, so for for all the people uh, listening, asking questions, and and me included, wondering what am I doing and uh, what about this sin? Even though I'm a new creation, hopefully this was a um, an opportunity 
to give you permission to ask questions and to be okay with sometimes not knowing an answer. So, uh, Joe, it's been a lot of fun to be able to discuss this, to ask questions, to be able to bounce back and forth and hear your response and, and thoughts about this issue. What do you think of it? Well, I, I, I really appreciate you asking this question. It's actually one of my favorite subjects. I don't think you probably knew that um, when you asked me this question, but it's one that I love to constantly bring up in sermons and, and in conversation because I think it's so important. So I really thank you. It, it's a grasp. It's a hard one to 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 wrestle with but i hope i hope it, it it's as clear as mud now you know for for us and uh that we continue to wrestle with it and, and um so yeah i appreciate appreciate being asked my my thoughts my limited unqualified thoughts on this subject there we go so the hope is that we are consistently asking questions so that we can mm-hmm. continue to grow so mm-hmm. for all those listeners keep asking questions next time.